Welcome to Health Media Now, here for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, everybody. Today is March 6th, 2019, and we have an inspirational guest for you. His name is David Cooks, and we're going to be talking about his book called Getting Undressed from Paralysis to Purpose. A little background on David. He received his Bachelor of Business in Administration uh, with finance from the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and then he went on to get his MBA from Duke University. He's done a lot of coaching, uh, specifically with Duke University, and um, he's also spent time as an assistant basketball coach. But I'd have to say one of his biggest passions is that he founded David Cook's Enterprises and it's a speaking, coaching, and training organization, which helps basically helps businesses and individuals put their purpose into action, um, you know, find the clarity with their teams, uh, develop leadership and communication skills that are really them to the next level. Now, I have had the opportunity to read his book, and he really has some inspirational quotes in here Um, of course you know his life itself has you know my gosh you know he he ended up in a wheelchair when he was very very young Um, literally I think he was in high school and uh, you know he had to kind of figure out his entire life's purpose from from then and going forward and um, you know he he makes an interesting comment in his book about how there were times through all of all of that that he forgot about his own formula and this was a formula that that he put into practice but sometimes it'd get away from him and that was basically to take one day at a time moment by moment and to win each moment so that you could win each day I just love that I think that that is just something that we all forget about. Um, And sometimes it's really difficult to always be looking beyond the day, beyond the moment, causing us a lot of stress. And so I thought that was really inspirational in his book. And then I ran across another thing where, um, you know, he's had a lot of different jobs and at times they they've been really challenging for him and at other times he would resign them because he wanted to move on but 
he talked about how um, his work now, it really impacts others because he, um, he inspires and he's so interested in other people. Hello, this is David Cooks, and thanks for calling. Please leave a brief message, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you, and have a great day. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Hi, David. Uh, Denise Messenger calling from Health Media Now Radio. Uh, we're live on air, but we're missing you as our guest. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyhow, um, if you get this within the next five minutes, you can still get on the air with us. Um, just call call 347-324-5328. Okay, bye-bye. David? Yes. Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to get through it. I was trying to get through, and, I was, and it, it didn't work, and I was panicking. So I'm, I'm good now. We can still do it. If not, I apologize. Yeah, no, we can you know, still we, do it. Um, our okay. engineers will just patch. They'll patch it. Um, okay. You know, once it once we go off the air, it goes into podcast, and they'll, they'll just um, delete the pauses and Okay. The empty space. 
That's okay, why I'm. Um, is, is this a good reception? This sound uh-huh. okay and everything? Okay. Yeah, perfect. I can hear you good. Yeah, uh, well, good. So I already mm-hmm. did um, your introduction, okay. and I talked for about five minutes about your book and um, uh, a little bit about some of the quotes in the book that I really enjoyed, um, and you know your life's purpose, etc. So uh, we don't have to to go into your actual bio at this point. Um, so what I'm, um, I'm thinking is, you know, a lot of times I ask my guests, you know, how did you get on the path that you're on today? But we, we know what, what and how it started um, mm-hmm. because your book is very clear about that. So uh, this is really a, an open forum for you to talk, to educate our listeners on okay. – and what you're most passionate about. Okay. And, um, you know, I leave it open to you. Okay. That'd be perfect. I'm uh, ready ready when you are. I'm glad, I'm glad you got the book, too. I, um, and, and, and that you had a chance to look at it, too. So that's always mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I always read my guest books. Uh, it makes for a really great interview. Yeah. Okay. And um you know, you had um adversity at a very young age. And I mm-hmm. think it's amazing how how you've um overcome all of that. A lot of times when that happens when you're 15 years old, you know, you mm-hmm. go off the tracks and some people never recover. Yeah. What do you what do you yeah. um how do you account for you going in the positive direction? Well, you know, I, I think um, I think I had a very good support system in place um, prior to the, the uh, spinal aneurysm, and I think my family was really good, my faith was intact, and then I had a bunch of friends that, for their age, um, were just what I needed to help me get through. Um, I also think that sometimes when you have those situations happen when you're younger in life, mm-hmm. um, your your ability to adapt is a little bit greater, I think, than when sometimes when you're older, um, because you're you don't have it. You're not as hardened with life sometime and and some of the the, the difficulties of life. Uh, you haven't experienced all that yet, and so I think for me it was a combination. I think I think the fact that I was so youthful was a positive for me, um, and that I still um, had a vision of hope at that age in my life where I wasn't, um, you know, discouraged about living or how tough life could be or anything like that. So when you, when you put that together and have a good family with you and good faith with you and, and, and some friends that help you out, um, without them, without that support system, I don't know where I would be, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I, how, how I, how I could have uh, or would have responded uh, without at least having them there knowing that, um, should I fail or should I fall, uh, they'll be right there to support me. I think that was huge for me. Are you an only child? No, I have. Uh, I am the second oldest of four children. I have okay. one older brother and two younger sisters. Um, and the the top three of us are two years apart, and my youngest sister uh, is 11 years younger than I am. And um, so the, the adjustment uh, for my siblings um, I think was was 
was okay. I think it, it was challenging for them a little bit just because it changed all of our lives. Uh, it just mm-hmm. wasn't my life that changed. Uh, my youngest sister wasn't quite old enough to quite, uh, you know, understand everything. But my uh, oldest sister and my old, older older brother, um, they were there, and, and there were moments where I think um, we all struggle with trying to figure out, you know, how do they help me or do I need help? You know, how do mm-hmm. they serve me as their brother and sister now? Because there was mm-hmm. no book on on how to do that. And I think uh, that was some of the adjustment that they had to make uh, is to figure out, you know, how do we treat him like he's our brother, um, but if he needs some help, how do we do that too, you, you know? And mm-hmm, I, think, I think that was mm-hmm. part, of their, part of their challenge. Well, I would think that everybody got uh, much better at communication. Absolutely. I think, well, that, that's a great point. I think that um, I learned early on that the, the more I could make every, everyone around me comfortable with my situation, uh, the better it was for them to understand that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay um, to make mistakes. And, and, that, and the, you, you became a lot more transparent and honest with your questions and the things that you had to say. And, and um, the communication became very clear. It became very concise. And it was really consistent after a while. Um, and mm-hmm. that, was, that, that helped out a lot as well. And, and I'm sure it helped them through life as well. I, ma- I can't. I imagine that they they've made fabulous partners as a result. Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, you know any any time that you um, are accompanying somebody on a difficult journey, it leads for you to have a different kind of compassion and empathy, and it also gives you a patience factor that's probably a little different than you wouldn't have. And that you understand sometimes that things just don't work out the way you planned, but you still can make them work the best out, make them work uh, the best way they can. And and I think that leads to great marriages and great relationships and and those types of things because you're you're willing to just say you know maybe that didn't go the way we thought, but I'm not going to go crazy over that. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see how we can still make this work. And I think that's really one of the lessons that our family learned in the midst of all of this was how do we make this work and how can we make the best out of this? And that's really what I think um, happened for our family in terms of communication, in terms of our relationship. And we didn't spend a lot of time on what we couldn't do or what we no longer could do. We figured out what we could now do and then we maximized that every opportunity we did, every opportunity we were given. So in essence, everybody became um, better versions of themselves. Yes, absolutely. I think it brought out the best in all of us. And mm-hmm. and even things that we didn't know we had, um, we began to realize and see, and it brought out the best in everybody uh, in our family and then in the people that were close to us. It brought out the best in us. And I think that's what, what happens, um, you know, when adversity hits is that, when people come together, uh, the mm-hmm. best versions of themselves, the best versions of themselves do do come up, and that's what makes it great. Mm. So, what, in your opinion, has been the instrumental thing that helped you discover your purpose lifelong? The um, the instrumental thing that has helped me discover my purpose, um, I, I think 
was um, dissatisfaction uh, that I began to derive from um, coaching when I started to interact with young people and, and, and realize that, that my life was actually impacting other people's lives in ways that I wasn't aware of at, at the time. Once I began to see that I was gifted to do that um, and that it was impactful for them, that became success to me. Mm-hmm. And, and as I defined that, success to me was seeing other people's lives benefited as a result of my interaction with them. And it was easy for me. I, I'm gifted to communicate and I'm gifted to connect with people. And I begin to understand also that purpose in life is tied to your natural giftings. And these giftings that I have uh, mm-hmm. to do that were, were the same ones that were present when I was walking. And so mm-hmm. that didn't change. That didn't change. It just over time, and I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough time to discover our purpose. Um, I mean, some people may know it when they're 12 years old. Well, that wasn't me. Uh, and so it mm-hmm. took me a little mm-hmm. time to navigate, whether I was in, in, in the business world or, or coaching or in, edu- in the field of education, I began to see this common thread of relationship building with others that I loved to do. I mean, I, I, I thrived on that. And then um, when you would go out and reflect and people would come back and tell you, you know, well, you don't know it, but your life had this impact on me at this particular mm. time. And that's mm. when you're like, wow, really? You know, mm-hmm. and so uh, you put that together and you say, you know, maybe this is what I'm, I'm supposed to do. I'm so, supposed to intentionally uh, reach out and try to help make other people's lives better. I think we all kind of have that call to do, um, mm-hmm. but there are some of us who, who have a, a, a different gifting that makes that easier than uh, easier for some than, than it is for others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we talk about um, leadership, because really that's the role that you've taken on, um, because in that, you know, relationship building with others and, you know, reaching out, uh, you have to lead. You have to communicate. Yes, yes. And I think um, as, I, as I've defined leadership, you know, leadership is really about making other people's experiences better. Um, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody wants to follow someone that's going to make their life worse. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think intentionally mm-hmm. anyone does mm-hmm. that. Anyone does that. And part of that leadership is 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 uh, is really fundamentally rooted in serving, and and being willing to serve others and and try to see, um, you know, if you can help meet the needs of other people. I think that's what the greatest leaders do. I don't think any leader uh, wakes up and decides they want to be a leader that day. I think mm-hmm. they find themselves in the, in the midst of situations where there are needs that that they are able to help meet, and before mm-hmm. you know it. Um, you've impacted other people's lives with that, and they're willing now to partner with you on something. And you didn't mm-hmm. even start off trying to be that, but that is the end result of, of when, you really, when you really serve others, um, you just don't know where that's going to lead, but you know it's only going to lead to good things and not bad things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, you've had a very positive attitude throughout yeah. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that um, itself draws people to you. 
Yes. Yeah. I, um, I mean, you know, your smile, I, 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 your smile will, can, can uh, you know, light up a room. <laughs> well, when you well, come into a room, you know, it's like, oh, my God, David's here. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I, I do, um, I, I do credit um, my, my, my parents with um, helping us to understand, you know, we didn't have much as kids growing up and all that kind of stuff, but we never knew that, you know, and that was never part of the conversation. Our parents taught us three things that I thought were pretty important. Uh, one was to be grateful. We were always grateful for whatever we had and whatever opportunities we were given. The second thing was to always be kind to people. Um, they came from the South during the Jim Crow days, and, and, and they made sure we understood that our responsibility was to always be kind and to love people. And then the third thing they taught us that I think was pretty important was to get an umbrella. And you're like, get an umbrella? Yeah, well, they, they told us that in life it's going to rain. And huh. there, are two kind, there are two kinds of people. And they told us you can complain about getting wet or you can get an umbrella and learn how to navigate through the rain. You may get wet sometime, but you'll be protected and you can keep moving forward. Those three things that they taught us um, changed my life um, and made me the person I am today. Because I'm grateful, mm-hmm. I am grateful for every opportunity that I get. Uh, every mm-hmm. day I wake up, I am grateful to be able to get dressed, uh, to go to work, to do the things I love. Um, I've always tried to be kind to people. And I've always learned that you can't stop when things get tough. When it starts raining, right. you can't stop. You can't, you mm-hmm. got to keep moving. Get that umbrella yep. out and you mm-hmm. walk through there. And because if you don't, the people who just get wet, they have to go back home and start over. And then mm-hmm. they're behind everybody else. And so I think those things that, that were instilled in me as a young child by my parents were, were instrumental in helping me deal with uh, tragedy and adversity when it hit when I was just 15. Um, because what did they say to you? Were, what did when my it happened, what did they say? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, um, I'm trying to remember what they said. Um, I know. I think my, a long time I, ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But I, I remember, um, I remember my my mom and dad saying, um, you know, we're going to get through this fine, and everything's going to be okay. Um, okay. And you don't. And you. And, they, and I remember them telling me, you don't need to worry about anything. You just need to do what you need to do, and we'll mm-hmm. and we'll take care of what needs to be taken care of. Now, mm-hmm. I don't ever remember. I, I, as I think about it now and, and as I wrote the book, I, I, I thought about, I'm sure they had some moments where they must have cried or something. I mean, sure. I was their son. I'm, I'm sure there sure. was something. But I never saw it. I always mm-hmm. saw that. Strength. What, what, how is strength? How are we moving mm-hmm. forward? And, you know, it's interesting. Um, from When I coach basketball, I tell people a lot of times that the team on the court is a reflection of the coach. And if the sure. coach shows strength, if the coach mm-hmm. shows discipline, those players will. Well, I became mm-hmm. a reflection of my parents. I'm, I'm a reflection of my parents' strength and of their positive attitude and of their um, we're going to make this work no matter what. And that included we didn't have a very uh, accessible home, and they would have to lift me up and downstairs and do the things that we, had, that we literally had to do to mm-hmm. survive. 
And mm-hmm. that was not even it wasn't it wasn't a burden for them. It wasn't something that they complained about. Um, but it was something that they that they did to help me become a better person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm forever grateful for that. I mean, that was amazing to me. Did they um, make any other physical accommodations in the house for you? I'm trying to remember. You know, like like um, ramps I, or, or things no, like that? Because, or? Yeah, we we didn't have our we, – we lived in, uh, in, in a uh, – uh, I forget what you call the house, but it was like almost Town like home? a duplex type. Yeah, uh-huh. in a duplex type. And so there wasn't a lot that could be done to make it a lot more accessible. Gotcha. Um, there were – there was one step to go in and then three steps to get to the first floor. Mm. And so I, so I, so there was no way to build a ramp. It would have been too steep and you right. had to do all the construction to make that work. And yeah. so uh, all, thankfully our, our doors were wide enough. Uh, so we didn't have to do a lot with that. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't have to put bars or anything up. Um, we just made my bedroom be on the first floor now. And oh. so that that was a blessing in disguise too. That I'll say, a lot of times they don't right? have bedrooms on the bottom. That's right. That's right. And so, so we did. And so oh. I was able to on the first floor, and and so it was minimal the changes that we could make, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was minimal the changes that we had to make. So, um, I mean, it really worked out okay. And I think also the thing that was great for me um, is that. You know, I was a sophomore in high school, so I only had a, a couple of years left to live at home before I went to college, and ah. and I re- and I really did stay um, at college as much as possible because the university I attended was one of the most wheelchair accessible in the country, and so that made living oh, that's wonderful, much more much easier for me, um, and 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 I felt good about that too because then I felt better that my parents wouldn't have to be trying to figure out always how to get me in the house and out uh-huh, the house, you know, all uh-huh. this, all this types yeah. of things that, again, they didn't mind doing, but mm-hmm. the older I got, I was always trying to figure out how can I make this easier for them. Oh. And that's, um, uh, and that's probably because of how they, you know, raised us, you know, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we were never, it was never, it was, it, it could never be about me for too long. It had to be about me for a moment there as we kind of got ourselves together and, and regrouped after the after the paralysis. But mm-hmm. after that, I was just I was just I was just the number two son out of four kids and that and life went on. <laughs> sure, sure. That's really interesting. Huh. You talk about how there isn't anything wrong with small beginnings. Um you know, nothing is insignificant. Everything matters. You want to expand on that? Yeah, sure. I um, my my very uh, first job that I had after uh, the spinal aneurysm, um, a bunch of business leaders in in Milwaukee area identified me through a program, and and they gave me a job as a lockbox clerk. And a lockbox clerk basically um, processed some check payments, and then you had to file checks and put them in alphabetical order. Now, this was my first job. I was 17 years old, and it doesn't seem like much, but I always wanted to be a banker. I wanted to be a commercial lending officer. And for me, this was one of the biggest things that ever happened to me 
because it instilled confidence in me. It, it gave me something to do after school, and eventually it led me into a career in banking. And it may not seem that important, but 10 years later when I went to Duke University to get my MBA and I, I wanted to work with the basketball team there, um, Coach K offered me the opportunity to be a manager. As I'm 28 years old now, and a manager is someone that fills up water bottles and washes laundry. Now, a lot of people wouldn't have done that. But because I had filed checks as a 17-year-old kid and saw the benefit of doing, doing a great job at whatever opportunity I was given, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. allowed for me to get an internship with the bank, that allowed for me to become a commercial lending officer with the bank, that I, I didn't turn my nose up at the offer to be one of the greatest coaches of all time, and that, and, and that wasn't too small a thing for me to do. I think mm-hmm. sometimes that we, we, we can think something is so insignificant or too small or, or maybe we're too good to do that. Mm-hmm. And my, my story is if I didn't file those checks, I maybe wouldn't have been a banker. Uh-huh. If I wasn't a banker, I may never have gone to Duke to get my MBA. Uh-huh. If I hadn't gone to Duke to get my MBA, I would have never met Coach K. And I would have never coached at Duke. And I would have never done some of all of these things that my whole life has done. And I personally believe that that small beginning of, of, of filing those checks was the beginning of my journey to my purpose. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm grateful uh, for having had that opportunity to file those checks. You know, my parents mm-hmm. always told us growing up, whatever you do, you be the best at it or don't mm-hmm. do it at all. Mm-hmm. And so there was a sense of pride. I, was, I wanted my check to be the best checks <laughs> of any checks that were out there. And so everything does matter. The way you respond to people matters. Um, you know, the way you present yourself, the way you look when you go out in public, everything matters. There mm-hmm. is nothing that we do that doesn't have an impact on us at some point in our lives. And mm-hmm. so if we, if, we, if we sow good seeds, I believe you'll reap good, a good harvest. If you mm-hmm. don't, I think you, I think you could have other things coming your way. And so small mm-hmm. beginnings, small beginnings never bother me uh, because I have a bigger vision. I have an end game in mind. And, uh, and perhaps as a 17-year-old, I had to grow up a little bit faster than others, but I knew I wanted to be a businessman. And when I got a chance to, to, to uh, file those checks, well, I was, I was geeked. I was hyped up. I was like, <laughs> I thought I was, I was doing something. And, and, and that's um, how I lived everything ever since then. Every chance that I get, I don't want to take full advantage of. Whether, mm-hmm. whether it seems like it's small or insignificant, I've learned that there's nothing insignificant. The only thing that's insignificant is the thing that you don't do, and then it becomes mm-hmm. significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you talk about how it's impossible in life not to fail at something. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of really successful people have failed in business one time, two time, three times, you know, but they keep getting back up. They persevere. Mm -hmm. And perseverance is probably more important than anything else. 
your perseverance and and perseverance how I've defined perseverance for me is not working harder but having a sustained effort. There you go. And that means that, and 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 you just stay steady. You may fall, you may you may fail, you may not, but you just stay steady. You you keep with it. Uh you don't give up. Uh you, you don't look to the left or the right. You stay focused and you just keep moving. I think the only thing that stops people is when they stop. And sometimes when you stop, you can't get restarted. And mm-hmm. so that, that whole thing about um, you're going to, you're, you're not going to get it right every time. And, and, and you know what? That's okay. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with getting it wrong. Just get it right the next time. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with if you fail uh, at your, your first attempt, well, try another one and try another one. You know, mm-hmm. the very first time I learned how to get undressed, it took me several times that night to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. I messed it up those few times. But mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get this right. Because if I don't mm-hmm. get this right, I don't know when I get to go back home. Ah. And so so that perseverance, you know, part of part of my drive and part of um, um, me understanding perseverance and, and failure is that I always have a goal, a goal or a purpose in mind, you know. So if you have something that you're trying to attain, you've got to keep that before you and not the fact that you failed on something or it didn't work the first time. You've got to keep that goal in front, and you keep moving toward the goal. Keep moving toward the goal. Um, and that, boy, you do that, and eventually you get there. And those mm-hmm. lessons that you learn. Those lessons you learn along the way, and that's what I call them lessons. I, you know, I, I have wins in my life, and then I have lessons. You know, people have wins and losses. I have wins and lessons. And ah. so those, those lessons that I learn along the way benefit me uh, just as much as the winning because now mm-hmm. I've learned something for the next time, mm-hmm. you know. And so if we can figure out a way, you know, how to take everything that we have that life throws our way, and and put that into our recipe for our life, uh, it will make our life fuller, more rich, and, and the success is even more tasty, so to speak, you know, when, <laughs> when, you do get, when you do get it figured out. So, David Cook, tell us, why did you write the book, Getting Undressed, From Paralysis to Purpose? Um, I wrote the book um, because I wanted – I, my, when I wrote the book, I I didn't have an audience in mind, so I'll just start there. But I did have okay. a, a purpose. I did have a purpose in mind, and I thought that um, that there would be somebody who would read this book, and they would be inspired after reading it to move forward from a difficult place that they may be in their life. Okay. And that's why that's why I wrote the book. Um, it was one of the things that I felt was like one of my assignments in life once I got to this point in my life was to get this book written and share my experiences because I've had some ups and some downs. I've had some, mm-hmm. some ins and some outs. I've had some successes. I've had some failures. Um, and I've had some – and it's been a difficult journey. But I tell you what, it's been a great journey. And I, and I, in this day and age, I think sometimes um, – I think people sometimes feel hopeless about their situation and that there's nothing they can do and, and it's difficult. And so when I wrote this book, I really was hoping that it would impact people's lives to the point of inspiring them 
to go on, to keep fighting, and to not quit in the midst of what can be very difficult situations where the odds are against you, and to Mm -hmm. become the best version of yourself given whatever your circumstances are. Whatever Mm -hmm. they are, Mm -hmm. you still can become your best person and most importantly, you can you can take your life pack somebody else's life. Because for mm-hmm. me, purpose is always bigger than you. Purpose is a mm-hmm. purpose is always for someone else. And so to find your purpose and to put that purpose into action for other people is part of the reason I wrote the book. Have you had any feedback from that people that are dealing with their kids in the in the opiate um issue that we have in this country? Yes. Um, It's interesting. I've gotten um, a number of emails and and requests for for me to talk with some of their sons and daughters, um, uh, whether it's uh, with with all kinds of addictions, whether it's alcohol or drugs. um, Mm -hmm. And and that has been very rewarding for me. Um, Mm -hmm. There's one story that is extremely rewarding, there's a lady who read the book, and uh, she had been smoking up to two packs of cigarettes a day for about 35 years. And My she word. tried to quit. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? And she tried to quit several times and all that kind of stuff. And I didn't know this lady at all. And mm-hmm. she read the book. Her son, her son gave, her, gave her the book to read because he thought she liked it. She read the book, and she determined after reading the book that now was the time for her to stop and and she was so inspired to do that that it's been I want to say six months now and she has not smoked another cigarette that to me right there I I was so overwhelmed with that testimony I bet and, and, she, and she shared with me she said she said it was a struggle because I began to gain weight and and you know some of the things that can happen when you are trying to overcome addictions, but she mm-hmm. said I had to stick with it. She said I had to stick with it this time, and I had done it before. Well, you know, two weeks later I'd be back, and she said, but I just stuck with it, and I dealt with the weight the weight problem, and 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 this is as long as I've ever stopped. And she just wanted to thank me for writing the book. Um, oh, isn't that something? That is. That is. I mean, that's the whole that's the, the whole the whole enchilada. <laughs> right yeah, there. That's it, that's it right there. <laughs> so, um, and you know, and, and I don't know if anyone else will have that type of reaction, and and that's okay. But but I do think that this book will inspire people um, mm-hmm. to know that they can really do great things in life, and mm-hmm. they can really impact others uh, in a positive way, and that everybody, in my mind, everybody has something to give. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. care what your situation is, how dire it is. You still have something to give. And as soon as you understand that, uh, when you take a break, when you take a break from your own problems to help somebody mm-hmm. else with theirs, it's amazing. It, it's amazing how much smaller your problem becomes in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to that whole perspective thing again, because how you see a thing will determine how you attack it. And right. if you see it as insurmountable, if you see it as insurmountable, then it becomes insurmountable for you. But if you see it as yeah. something that you can handle, if you if you think you can handle it and you can work it out, um, 
it changes everything for you. And and then and then once you start focusing on someone other than yourself, it's amazing how that benefits you as a person. Oh, it's, right. it's just amazing. It That's is, but you know, um, sometimes it's difficult for narcissistic people to do that. Yes. You know, I was t- I was told years ago, years ago, that, you know, if you have a relationship with someone and they can't step outside of their problems long enough to help you with yours, mm-hmm. then that's not the person that you want to be with. <laughs> no, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, that's it, that's not um, it is. You're right. It's not easy for everyone. Um, uh-huh. But my my challenge is for everyone to try it. Sure. Just. Just try it because um, I, I've had a lot of success in my life. But I'm telling you, there is no, for me, there is not a better feeling than knowing that I was able to help somebody with something they were struggling with. I mean, that mm-hmm. right there is that, that's just a great feeling. I mean, and there are studies that show yeah. that when you serve others and help people, it makes your blood pressure go down. It makes your your health go up, all that kind of stuff. There are medical studies. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It benefits you. Oh, yeah, you know, I I, I come from that um, cancer world, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because I, um, you know, many, many years ago, uh, I've recovered from that. But um, I, I remember going into the chemotherapy rooms and, the people that had the wonderful attitudes and that would talk with others and try to get to know others versus the ones that sat there and they were, they didn't want to talk to anybody and they were grumpy and they were so angry. Well, mm-hmm. you can only imagine the outcomes of those right. that had the positive attitudes over the ones that didn't. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. it's a mind, you know, everything is mind and body. You know, we're not, we're not just our minds. We're not just our body. You know, right. they, they do, they do work together. <laughs> they really do. You know, and the power of the mind over the body is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. That's that's part of the quote on, on the, in, in the book that that when I say your ability to endure is always greater than your willingness to endure. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean. Is like none of us want to go through anything tough. I mean, let's just let's just be honest. Oh yeah, let's um, just sail through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, yeah, that's let's what everybody wants through. to do. That's what yeah. we all want. But you know something? I'm I'm convinced um, that if you're faced with it, you're faced with it because you're equipped to handle it. Mm-hmm. And so your mm-hmm. ability to endure those things is always going to be greater than your willingness to. And if you just mm-hmm. will to come to that and and accept the fact that you can do it and that you're equipped to get through it, it's amazing what you're able to accomplish. It is just mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you yeah. on that. Yeah. Oh, gee. Well, what a journey. So what are you mostly involved with now? Oh, uh, yeah, right now I am actually um, – Leveraging the book um, into more uh, some speaking opportunities um, and okay. and doing a lot a lot of that right now. Uh, the book came out in August of 2018, mm-hmm. and so um, it's the speaking is really starting to pick up. Uh, this first quarter of 2019 has been great, and um, the the book is finally being digested. You know, it takes a while mm-hmm. for the book to get out there and people to read it and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it does, um, yeah. 
and and so and that was that was a learning process for me because I didn't you know I've never written a book before I didn't know how this whole thing worked, um, and now that you know the message is getting out and and people have heard heard my story and um, so I've been been fortunate to to start speaking to a lot of companies and a lot of uh, um, high schools and churches and 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 executives about leadership and about communication about teamwork um, and just sharing the story. Of getting undressed because we all get undressed. Everybody does. Um, yep. And and to let them know that we all have moments in our lives where we have new beginnings, where we have to take off what we had on and put on something new and and kind of start over. It's it's a rebranding of ourselves and and to share that message with people um, and inspire them literally across this country has been great for me and and it's something that I'm hoping to do, you know, for, for years to come. Well, I certainly uh, believe in you and your book. And um, why don't you tell people how you can be contacted and how they can purchase your book and tell them about your website. Okay. Um, you can contact me um, uh, at my, my – let's start with my website. My website is davidcooksspeaks.com, uh, D-A-V-I-D-C-O-O-K-S speaks.com and on the website um, there you're able to contact me uh, through email on the website um, I'm also on social media uh, you can catch me you can reach me on LinkedIn uh, I'm also on Twitter um, Instagram and I have a Facebook page and they're all at DCE speaks um, so you're able to contact me on on all of those venues okay uh, you great. can get well, you are busy <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that I've learned also in this process. Nowadays, uh-huh. given social media, the ability to market and brand yourself is a lot easier and also a lot less expensive than it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's really good. So, so between LinkedIn and those social media outlets is how you can contact me. Also, if you want to get the book, you can get it off my website. Okay. Um, and if, if you want a signed copy, you can order it from my website. Or you can go to Amazon.com um, and order it yourself if you like. You don't want a signed copy. And it also recently, uh, within the last week, the book was picked up by Barnes & Noble, uh, the store Barnes & Noble. So it's, it's in their system. I don't know how you can go to the store and, and order it now. So I'm pretty excited about, about that because that's a, that's a pretty big development for me. Yes, that is. Congratulations. That's really great. Well, really thank great. You. I, I, well, it's been such a pleasure talking with you. It really has. Um, perhaps you can come back again onto our show, you know, in another year or so, and we'll mm-hmm. find out um, what new developments are in your life. That is fantastic. I, I, I'm honored that you uh, have taken the time to, to talk to me today, and, and I, I don't take any of these opportunities for granted. Uh, as I said before, everything is important, and there's nothing that's insignificant, and being a part of your radio uh, uh, program is, is a pretty big deal to me. So thank you. Good. Well, you're a bright and shining star. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thanks uh, so much too. for coming on. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye, bye now. All right. That wraps up our show for today. Please tune in again next Wednesday. You know we're always here, and we always have wonderful, wonderful guests. Until then, please be happy and be well.
Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 